0: Whenever I hear someone saying, I just want to make my mother happy, I take a deep breath and pause. As a child myself, I understand the design. My mother was my whole universe and she remained to be the most important person in my life until the end of her days. I also see how my own child checks for my reactions for his actions. He wants me to be happy, but... I don't really want him to try to make me happy. It's impossible. Not just for me, but for anyone. We cannot make other people happy, no matter how hard we try. Let's talk about it. Happiness is a state of well-being. Each person deserves to be happy and each person has their own understanding of what that state of well-being is and how it can be achieved. When we think of people in our lives whom we love and care about and we want them to be happy, we also think we should be doing something to make them happy. And when we become caregivers, making our parents happy becomes the priority for many of us. We bring them special treats or take them to places we think they might enjoy. We find ways to entertain them and stimulate them. We encourage them to exercise and to have new hobbies and new friends. And they're still grumpy and everyone is unhappy. Why? Because we attribute that state of well-being that we call happiness to items or experiences we can give to others or can get for ourselves. And we think that providing those items or experiences to a person will make that person happy. We are trying to find ways to make our parents happy, believing that would make us happy too. Many people think they would be happy if only something else happened. Their parents would be happy too. Or their children get to the top colleges. Their spouses showering them with gifts. Their bosses give them the pay raise. And their customers giving them glorious reviews and so on and so on. You got the idea. But happiness is a range of emotions from contentment to joy. It's not a thing or experience. And between that things or experience and a happy feeling, there is a thought. There is always a thought that creates a feeling. Here are some examples from the recent conversations with my clients. The caregiver feels frustrated when mother-in-law dumps freshly brewed coffee in the sink and makes a new cup of coffee for herself or makes a new toast and forgets to eat it. And the frustration that created for my uh, client is coming from a thought, we are wasting so much food because mother-in-law is throwing away freshly cooked stuff. Here is another example. The caregiver feels ignored when she's the only one who cleans up after everyone. And her mother-in-law leaves plates and cups with unfinished food in random places around the house. And nobody in the family offers help or thanks her for her efforts. And the thought that me- makes her feel ignored is... I do everything myself, and nobody appreciates my efforts. Here is another example. The caregiver is resentful when his father makes sexual advances to the female nurses. The thought that creates that resentment is, this is disgusting. You see, there is always a pardon. Something happens, or someone says something, then we interpret it, we decide what that event means. And the meaning we have given to the event creates the emotion that we have, because that meaning is a thought. And while we can't control what other people do or say, we can control what we think about it. Think of a grain for a moment. It's just water falling from the sky, right? I live in California, and California is pretty much in a permanent drought state and under the threat of the wildfires. I'm happy when it's raining because to me, that water from the sky means fewer chances for wildfires, more water for plants and more water in the reservoir where we are rowing. At the same time, there are people who think rainy days are depressing. Even though it's the same water that's fallen from the sky. Same rain, and different people react very differently to it. Now, instead of rain, let's think of people in your life to whom we attribute our happiness. Recently, my father-in-law got confused if it is a day or a night when he wakes up. He might wake up at 3.41 in the morning, not knowing if it is 3.41 in the morning or 3.41 in the night or in the afternoon. He doesn't remember that looking out of the window would easily help him to find the answer. Instead, he calls. He calls us to ask why nobody is coming at 3.41 in the morning. And he doesn't think that we might be sleeping and he would wake us up with his call. Because for him, it's very simple. He wakes up, he gets a question, he calls us to get the answer. It is very easy to start thinking he is an insane old man who doesn't care about anyone other than himself, that he doesn't make an effort to figure out if it is a day or a night himself, and he probably does it on purpose because he is bored. These kind of thoughts most likely would make a person angry, resentful, or frustrated. Is it my father-in-law who makes me resentful and frustrated? Nope. It's my thoughts. Because there is also an option to find a different interpretation of what's happening. We know for a fact that he has less than 20% of blood getting to his brain, which means less than 20% of oxygen gets to his brain cells. It explains why his cognitive functions decline more and more. And he gets more and more confused. And he's lonely. So when he gets up at 3 in the morning and can't make sense what part of the day it is, he might be scared. And that's why he calls us. How does it make you feel when you hear this version? Probably compassionate for our old guy, right? Right? I personally like being compassionate more than I like to be angry and resentful. So I choose this interpretation of his behavior. And by the way, I don't come up with these explanations at three in the morning when he wakes us up. Uh, We thought of it ahead of time and we said 20% in front of his name in the telephone contact. So whenever he calls... This is the first signs on his caller ID that my husband sees, and it reminds him of the interpretation he would rather have of his father behavior. So no, my father-in-law or anyone else cannot make me happy or unhappy. It's all on me what thoughts I think. And what about happy thoughts? There might not be one. I don't have to be happy all the time, nor do I want to. But if I feel unhappy at three in the morning, it's not because of my father-in-law. It's because I think it is sad that his brain has deteriorated to the point he can't figure out if it is a day or night on his own. And actually it works the other way too. I can only guess what can make our old guy happy and my guesses would be based on what we know he, he was happy with before. But his brain changes and his preferences also change and what was making him happy before could be irrelevant right now. And I cannot decide what I should do to make him happy unless I know what exactly he would think of my actions. I cannot make him think the thoughts that would make him happy. It's up to him. Or at this point, it's up to his brain's capability of making sense of any given situation. So... If you think you are making someone unhappy or not making someone happy, please stop, take a breath and remind yourself that making other people happy is simply out of our control. And even if it involves someone with cognitive decline, it's out of anyone's control. The person you would like to see happy might not be able to find the thoughts or to interpret the situation in a way that would make them happy. It might be physically impossible. Should we even try? Yes, of course. If you know what works and you can provide it, please do it. But if you're doing your best and your elders are unhappy no matter what, this is not on you. This is on them, whether it's their personality or whether it's cognitive decline they have. You do your best to make them comfortable, but it's up to them whether they're happy or not. And the same applies to you. Nobody can make you happy unless you want to be happy and actively look for new meanings and interpretations of the circumstances in your life that would create your happy feelings. And if you need help seeing what thoughts your brain offers you and how it affects your well-being and what you can do about it, talk to me. Send me a message and we'll get on a call and I will help you out. I promise. Thank you for being with me. I am Master Coach Irina Ischenko and I will talk to you next week.